from the Atonement Fargo Studios on South University Drive in Fargo, North Dakota. This is That Podcast. Hey, to contact the crew, submit your questions or comments, go to atonement.live slash podcast questions. And now, here's those crazy people with That Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to That Podcast. My name is Ryan Janke, and I'm joined by... Sarah DeYoung, Mark Soljum, and Pastor DJ Lura. Hello, hello. Hey, Ryan. How's it going? Doing well, doing well. You know, I don't know who does that voice at the beginning, but they have just a lovely tone. It's smooth. Yes. <laughs> just like butter. <laughs> like butter. Like butter. <laughs> it's like butter. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> What's so funny? Nothing. You need your I was born in 1995 sign yep, there. I, yeah, they didn't have I, butter after 95? No, margin. Margarine? Margarine, yep. And margins. Mm-hmm. And margins. <laughs> I was thinking they didn't have SNL and uh, Mike Myers doing his mother-in-law. So, yeah. If anybody wants to get me Coffee a, talk. An actual sign or For maybe Clemp. a flag. Put them in 1995 flag. There you go. <laughs> Do you have one? No. Huh. Should, Really I know what one. someone's getting for Christmas. Yeah, uh-huh. I was born in 1995. Ah, it's gonna be good merch. It's gonna be what? Good merch. Oh, That'll be good podcast. That podcast merch. Uh, get your official. I was born in <laughs> Sarah, Sarah you know, Young. I don't flag. want to toot my own horn, but I've heard a lot of people are Sarah fans. <laughs> <laughs> There's one, two. <laughs> oh, is there two? Yeah, that's that's multiple. Yeah. That is. That's a Fans. lot. You could, you could call that a lot or many. Yeah. <laughs> or a couple. Mm-hmm. Or or you could call it a couple. I always round up, so yeah. 200. Yeah. Two, 200. Yep. Very good. Well, it's two more than you you or I have, so. That's you know, true. That's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she, we were surpassed. Do people them. listen to the podcast? I'm not. Uh... Some do, <laughs> in oh, fact. That's an interesting thought. Ryan it, just plays it like 18 times a day. I see. I don't think that works. As long as you're not signed into the account that uploaded it, it does. Really? Mm-hmm. Don't give him any ideas, oh, yeah, right. I think. <laughs> All of a sudden, our number is going to be way up <laughs> next <laughs> week. <laughs> <laughs> we do have listeners. Mm-hmm. And actually, we got some uh, listener email that I'd, like to, that I'd like to go over today. Yeah. Uh, one is from... Uh, someone who identifies as Mason. I got it on pretty good authority that his name is not really Mason, but we'll go along with it. So it's an alias? I think it is. I think it is. I think I know who this is, uh, and I don't think it's Mason, but we'll play along. And this came in after, uh, I think about episode 16 or 17, which was the one when we uh, uh, that we did um, shortly after... Charlie Daniels passed away. Was that, was that 16, 17? 17. It was like a few weeks, 18, two, two weeks ago. Your whole life now is going to be, oh, that was between podcasts 15 and 16. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> Remember when my son hit that soccer? That was between podcasts 27 and 82. Yeah, it was somewhere in there. Yeah. Well, Mason writes, When I listened to The Devil Went Down to Georgia... I've found that I actually like the devil's fiddle rant better than Johnny's. Is that sacrilegious? It's not sacrilegious, but it is sacrilegious. <laughs> mm, <laughs> sacrilegious. 
<laughs> where did where did sacrilicious come from? It's, it's was, that, was that Homer? It's Homer Simpson. I think he was eating a uh, like a sacred donut or something like that. <laughs> he said he ate it and he went, mmm, sacrilicious. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to admit that I've always found Johnny's uh, t- to be more appealing, but maybe that's, um, I don't know what it is. Yeah. Sacrilicious. I think your eternal salvation may resolve, you know, may re- revolve around the answer to this question. So tread carefully. That's, well, that's true. What What was it about um, the devil's fiddling that uh, Mason, if that is your real name, is um, all about? What makes that better than what Johnny plays? Well, because it seems really, rel- it's kind of relative, don't you think? Well, no, I, I think, uh, well, Sarah, well, you were going to say something. You know, just in the devil's defense, I shouldn't say that. He had a whole band of demons. Are you his advocate? Somebody, no, not right saying. Now. Somebody's <laughs> advocate. Timestamp that so we can use that later. I'm in charge of that now. Um, he had a whole band of demons with him. So you're not just, if you say you just like fiddle music, I'm going to have some concerns, but well, well, you got a whole band with you. you It really pumps up the mood. I've heard people say before, why should the devil have all the good music? So why does that, does that not just relate to fiddling? Maybe it, maybe it revolves around fiddling. I don't know. Well, I mean, we're talking about an existential reality of of someone who's pretending to be the devil and pretending to be Johnny and they both happen to be Charlie Daniels. Yeah, so, it's the exact same uh, person. <laughs> I think I think uh, uh, as it's played the one that is pl- supposedly played by the devil it's a little it's a little edgier it's, it's supposed to be darker. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah. and Johnny is a little is scratchier. brighter because I think the devil playing and, and Mark can speak to this more it's more um, sharps and flats. Because I'm such a fiddle expert. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, with, you, you play which, instruments which, that have strings Which way on is them, up? So. I don't know. <laughs> uh, You're the best musician in this room. Though, oh, thank, you. So, thank you. That is a fact. Can yeah. you tell us about Baroque music theory <laughs> while you're at it? <laughs> uh, uh, truth be told, though, um, when uh, you, you compare the music being played, um, it's it's coming from all of creation. Nothing in it is sacrilegious in the sense of denying the um, authority of God in the person of Jesus Christ in the song. It's just two characters. One is, is thought to be the devil, um, but the music itself, and whether you prefer how the devil played or how Johnny played, does not pertain to your salvation um, or... Um, your your eternal destination because you liked one over the other. Because neither what the devil is playing nor what Johnny is playing is a rejection of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Mm. So there you go. There it is. There you go, Mason. I'm sure I'll be getting a call on this. <laughs> <laughs> so well, I appreciate that. So now, now we've got some other questions that may be a little bit deeper. Than that? Than that. That one was that deep. That was deep. Yeah. I don't know if I signed on for anything deeper than, <laughs> than uh, the you know, went down to Georgia. fiddle music comparison. But now you got me curious. What is Baroque music? Let's not go down that <laughs> road. <laughs> I thought you were going to ask what a fiddle is compared to a violin. I've asked people that before, and the answer I get is um, it, there's no difference. 
that it's how you play it. It's how you play it. it, it it's it. it's how you play it. There's there's technically no difference. Although I have heard, I think it's d- the difference between a guitar and a guitar. <laughs> well, <laughs> right. So a very similar instrument, but uh, a different technique used makes, makes well, a, to a make pitchy. it a guitar. Makes a different sound. If you're gonna have a hoedown, you want oh, to bring a guitar, it, right? Oh, oh, he said it. Yeah, yeah. This I'm just, like, I'm just, you know. Well, so what I've heard, and I don't know if this is true, and maybe one of our listeners can can uh, send us some more listener mail, but it has to do with an alteration that they do to the violin to make the strings instead of, uh, I don't know what you call the different parts, where it's, where it's bowed down, uh, uh, you know, you've got the... The, the neck over I wish here. you could all see this on the yeah. podcast <laughs> as he you, tries to demonstrate you, this you, with his hands. You've got the neck over here, and then the, the part where the bow goes. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, the, yeah, the bridge. The bridge, sure. The bridge is uh, goes from... I, I was going to videotape you trying to do the, the fiddle part. Well, it's so over we can, with now. All right, never mind. But the, the bridge is uh, like curved on a, on a violin, and what they do is they alter it to make that flat for a fiddle. Hmm. This is what I've heard. I don't know if this is a fact. Uh, I may just be... Well, you know what? Um, I'm too lazy to look it up, so I'm just going to take your word for it and go with that for forever. I, I'm going to stand by my theory that there is no difference in the instruments. It is only the style of playing. Well, there has to be. Otherwise, they wouldn't call one a fiddle and one a violin. Well, the the players are quite adamant about their instrument. <laughs> Just, just the same as the difference between a guitar and a guitar. You know what else I wonder about with that song? What does a golden fiddle sound like? It's got to sound horrible. I would think so. To try to play that? Thing? Well, you wouldn't want to. It's like a trophy, right? It's yeah, not. No wonder the devil sounded the way he did if he was playing on a it was, golden fiddle. It was fiddle. very harsh. Yeah. It was maybe one of those electronic fiddles, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, Those are kind of cool. Electric violins. Those are awesome. Mm-hmm. Did they have those when, when Charlie first... I don't know when the devil. It was certainly before nineteen. When he went down to Georgia. When he went down to Georgia. Let's see. And with the devil going down to Georgia, where was he before? Well, he had to have been in South Dakota, <laughs> right? That's just rude. <laughs> Man. Well, so I was gonna say after uh, Mark uttered the words of "hoedown," I was expecting the the church type shall not be named. But I feel like it saying that is kind of like saying Beetlejuice. If you say it three times, uh, a cowboy church will pop up. Mm. <laughs> so we'll, we'll have to be careful with that. Is yep, what you're yes. saying? Well, strike it's, one. We're, it's we're 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 we need to tread lightly. Because Otherwise, we're Deo about, might break out. Is what you're saying? <laughs> we're yep. talking about yeah. fiddles and cowboy churches now yes. at this point. Came so. out in 1998. The devil went down to Georgia. Yes. No. That's what the Google said. They maybe did a remake at that point. So, great topic. Yeah. yeah. What else you got? It thanks, just, Mason. Thanks, thanks oh Mason and Charlie Daniels for hijacking this episode of that <laughs> podcast. Uh, so, what else do we have? Okay, we got another. We got another email that's rather lengthy, um, and it has about six or seven points to it. So, I will just go. This is from uh, Derek, and I will just go uh, one by one. And we can we can discuss as we go. Uh, so he wants to talk about sin uh, and and justifiable sin. So the first question is, what is sin, and what constitutes a sin? Um, 
sin. Is this the part where the the honest to goodness dedicated pastor DJ steps in and <laughs> yep. gives the usually try the to textbook smooth answer smooth it out after yes. that. <laughs> uh, so sin at its heart um, is not the things that we do. Uh, sin, its essence is unbelief. It's unbelief. It's it's despising God. It's refusing to uh, hear His word spoken to you. Um, it's not trusting God to be God. That's sin at its heart. Maybe even the incorrect ordering of your passions and your loves. That's yep. another yep great definition I I'm familiar with. Yep. So, what is your point of ultimate concern? Is God your ultimate concern, or is your fiddle your ultimate concern? Right. Mm. And or your fiddle music, even. Every action that we call, uh, that we think of as sin, the actions, is really the behavior that's played out from that original sin of not trusting God to be your God or your neighbor's God. Mm-hmm. Um, which also means, because it's not what you do, but it's what you confess, what you believe, all the good stuff in life that is done faithlessly is also sin. Which makes um, setting up a, a right and wrong category that if I just follow all these rules and keep from doing all these things, then I will be sinless is an impossibility. Having sort of a, uh, uh, what, it, what did you call it, Mark, the other day, a spreadsheet? Of- yes, <laughs> yes, the the the. The good things I've done column and the bad things I've done column. I, you hear people talk about that frequently where, you know, I just hope in the end uh, the good things I've done outweigh the bad things mm. I've done. Mm-hmm. Uh, like there will be some sort of uh, calculation done uh, upon your death uh, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, for eternity. The ledger will be sitting there at St. Yeah. Peter at his podium and you'll have checks. You don't want to be in the red. The abacus will go... Yeah, that's yep. right. You want to get it balanced out. Yep. That's right. And, and you hear that in movies. You hear that in common language. You know, I've got mm-hmm. way more red in my columns than I've got, you know, in my life. And and they're referring to the feeling that they haven't done enough good to to, to deserve something like that's that. That's right. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting about that language, too, is that that comes very much out of Greco-Roman philosophy as well as um, uh, polytheistic religions. Um but not Christianity. Uh, Christianity functions in a, in, a, in a different way by not associating sin with what you do, but who you are, that we are corrupted by sin. We, we confess as Christians that we're sinners. Um, and to be a sinner means that I cannot, by my own understanding, uh, come to believe in God or follow God's way unless he intercedes on my behalf and makes me a new person that wants to follow God and live the way God intends. We don't want to be human. Mm-hmm. We want to be our own gods. And that's, that's what original sin is. It's wanting to be our own gods. It's not allowing God to be God. Okay. Mm. Okay. So that's our baseline. We go to point number two. Uh, question number two. This one's a little longer. I'll read the. the you see how you could get confused before you move on. I mean, I, I think it's it's important to, not to belabor the point, but to, to see how you know in life in other relationships, sort of uh, that 
that equation does work for a lot mm-hmm. of things. Like, yep. you know, uh, I've been more good to my kids than bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and for a lot of relationships that does work, but for a holy God that, that breaks down and it doesn't work. The standard is too high. Yep. Uh, we cannot meet the standard of goodness that would equate us to be worthy to be in God's presence on our own. Right. We just can't do it. Yeah. I think it's hard it, it's hard for our for our minds to to um sort of reconcile that like there's got to be a there has to be a well, yeah, a, like, a, a good column and a bad column. What, what's the positive way to say you're never going to be good enough? Right. Mm-hmm. Like well, cuz that's kind of the Guess what? That's what the Bible says. Yeah. Uh all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God is Paul's big argument after saying you're a sinner and you're a sinner and you're a sinner to two different groups of people that it's were kind of like the, the theological version of Oprah. Oprah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. You're a sinner and you're a sinner. And, <laughs> and this is, this chairs. is his argument in the first three chapters of Romans because he's arguing against two different groups that are saying, um, well, I'm, I may not be perfect, but I'm better than those guys. Mm. And the other group saying, well, I may not be perfect, but I'm better than those guys. Comparing your sin to someone else's yes. sin. Yes, and what Paul says is, you're a sinner, you're a sinner, you're a sinner. In fact, we're all sinners. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. What do we do now? Once that hits home and you realize that there is nothing that you can do to balance out the scales because sin has so corrupted your being that we can't even imagine what existence is like without sin corrupting it. Um. What do you do now? Paul's answer is, and yet God in his glory, in his mercy, to show his goodness and his righteousness forgives you on account of his son who has met the standard that you can't meet for your sake. And so the whole ledger game disappears and it becomes now that you belong to Jesus, now that you're free in him, now that the old is dead, the old justifying game is dead, trying to justify yourself before God. Now what do you want to do? Because now you are free to be the good creation God meant you to be, that he made us to be in the beginning, that the reason why we haven't been the good creation is we don't believe God when he calls us the good creation. You're now free to live the way God intends you to live. Mm. And so... The, the law is still there. I mean, God does have expectations. We call them the Ten Commandments. You, you should keep these. And when you don't keep these, bad stuff happens. But Jesus interjects this point that when you are acting in love, that supersedes um, the, the idea that, um, you know, you shall not murder, right? Mm-hmm. Good word. Good good plan. Well, what if I have to save someone who is being murdered? Mm. Now, don't don't get ahead of me now. Yeah, yeah, I'm just <laughs> but, and, and that's, let, Let's back up just a touch tish here there because um something you said really resonated like if I'm not worried um if I'm freed up to not have to sort of compare myself with others, worry about that column you know, am I doing more good things and bad things? And and this is a kind of a common critique of Christianity. 
that uh, what's your motivation to do good things if you're not worried that there isn't some sort of e- eternal uh, uh, recalculation of the spreadsheet yeah. at, at death? And uh, the answer is a wonderful answer that, um, man, I don't have to worry about that. Uh, and now I can just live for God and I can live for one another, mm-hmm. which uh, ironically was the greatest commandment, right? Exactly. Love God and love your neighbor. And And then you don't have to, I don't have to worry about if my shoes are better than DJ's or if, or if DJ's out there doing more good things than I am. I, I'm just living for God and, and helping one another. Exactly Mm -hmm. right. And along with that is God doesn't speak just one word to you. He actually speaks two. If you want to play the, um, good, good work, bad work game, it will convict you. It, it, you will still hear that word. If I think that I'm free in Jesus, therefore I can go uh, murder Ryan. I can't murder Ryan because that would be to not trust God to be God. It would be an obvious confession of my sin because I'm actively going against God's intentions for Ryan's life because God said, you shall not murder. Mm-hmm. So I can't use that as a scapegoat to be like, well, Jesus did it, so I'm now free to do whatever I want because now what I've done is I've turned believing in Jesus into a new law that I think that I have accomplished to justify myself before God. Mm. See how I got there? Yeah. So even the sinner in us will even try to take um, just the simple steps of how to understand God breaking in on your life and make it into a project that you accomplish to justify yourself. Yeah. And it doesn't work because as soon as I'm like, well, I've done that, so now I'm free to do whatever I want, the law gets you again. It'll get you again and again and again so that you would not rely on keeping the law, but you would rely on Jesus Christ, and then you will live the law spontaneously because it is God's will. It's kind of like my relationship with my wife. Um, She'll lay down the law. You have to do this, this, this. But I love my wife, and my wife loves me and has shown me that she loves me. So what do I do? I keep the law of Melissa spontaneously, or I try to, out of love, rather than out of an obligation. If I want to play the obligation game, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Chapter 12, the book of Melissa. Yes. <laughs> thou shalt take out the garbage on Tuesday nights. <laughs> thou shalt bring thy wife flowers on birthdays and anniversaries. Thou, thou, thou shalt make the coffee every night because in the Bible it says Hebrews. Ah. Oh. Yeah. Uh. Which I delight in doing now. Thou shalt not take the name of the Melissa in vain. <laughs> Does that make, are, are you following what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. I'm following what you're saying. Do you smell what I'm cooking? Yeah. All right. So. You're picking up what I'm laying down? <laughs> How many euphemisms can we come up with there? <laughs> so, is, it, 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 well, I'll read the whole thing. I'll read this whole thing. Is sin ever justified or justifiable? If I, and, and you started going down this road earlier, DJ, if I shoot an intruder, if I lie and tell my kids their picture that they colored is the best ever, if a crisis negotiator lies and says, come out and, and we can talk, uh, we can all walk away unharmed knowing the police will tackle the guy. If I lie and tell my wife her haircut is beautiful, if my jealousy and envy of someone's possession sparks a fire in me to work harder, uh, I was still coveting. Uh, if a man, if a starving man steals apples from my tree, are are the, these are examples that he gave sure. for justified or justifiable sin? 
Reverend Soljum, you want to take this one first? Uh, well, you know, that's that's deep, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you just have to come to a recognition that we're living in a, in a non-perfect world here. Mm-hmm. And uh, to, uh, to say that uh, a sin is justifiable or not justifiable goes right back down that, that uh, path of, all right, let's check my spreadsheet and see if those columns are there or mm-hmm. not. Um, uh, is a starving man stealing something? Um, if you go after him, uh, then you might be committing sin if you if you willing let it let it happen and let it know uh, you know then I think you're showing grace to them. Um, uh, let's go to the one about the the kid's picture. Um, uh, if my children are listening, um, they are the best artists in the world, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and maybe they're not, but um, it shows love and to love one another, and it's a higher sort of love than than rules are i mean jesus boiled down to love your neighbor as yourself and treating one another kindly is is certainly part of that mm-hmm. and encouragement is certainly part of that yeah yeah so you know what we were talking um just this morning about people that suffer from dementia or alzheimer's and um who have questions about their situation and you can um you can uh, um, try and explain the situation to them um, one day, and if they don't remember that the next day, mm-hmm. um, then you try and cause you try and explain that to them the next day. At some point, you're just causing them pain mm-hmm. each right. and every day as you try and explain to this to them, but they might not remember what you've talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, so at some point, most uh, most experts say you should start playing along instead of trying to give them the hard truth um, because it's a kinder thing. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, God, you know, I don't have all the answers, and I don't think any of us do, but it's certainly a complex world, and we try and live the best that we can. And um, if there were an easy rule book for this, um, that, that would make life easier. But those black and whites just become the law, and yeah. it doesn't take long to realize that life is a lot of gray. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, you know, the, the law starts with the Ten Commandments, right? Um, I am the Lord your God. You shall have no other gods. Pretty simple stuff, right? Um, mm-hmm. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God. Uh, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Honor your father and mother. Uh, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house, and you shall not covet your neighbor's relationships. Pretty simple. What about his donkey? Well, that's the relationships. You I won't cover that one. Your, 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 I'll, I'll give you the tenth one. You shall not cover your neighbor's wife keep or going. manservant or maidservant or ox or donkey or anything. That you is forgot your the eleventh <laughs> commandment. Uh, what would the neighbors think? There we go. So, make sure yep. with those ten commandments, you think that would be the end of the book of Exodus? But no. Then the book of Exodus goes on for another 30 chapters. 613 total. But then it also goes into another book called Leviticus, and it goes into another book called Numbers, and it goes into another book called Deuteronomy, and then it goes into the entire history of Israel trying to understand these Ten Commandments in all kinds of different situations and circumstances. And even that isn't enough because after the New Testament, the Jewish tradition continues in the rabbinic tradition in what's called the Talmud, which is a collection of rabbinical writings 
interpreting the Ten Commandments based on different situations. So what you end up having with the law is yeah buts. Okay? Mm-hmm. God's intention is real simple. Love God, love your neighbor. What does that look like? It looks like the Ten Commandments. Yeah, but. Yeah, but um, my ox got out and accidentally mauled my neighbor. Mm-hmm. That's under you shall not murder. What happens? Well, it's kind of like, like the, the laws that we have in, in America today. You have murder, but then you have like first degree, second degree, third degree, manslaughter, all these. These are yeah, buts. They're a way to understand the core expectation and have consequences for a violation of that expectation depending on the level of violation so that a just um, consequence would be given mm-hmm. for breaking the law. Well, that's what the law does. Um, but the law does something else. The law, the law tells me how I should treat my neighbors. But it also points out to me that I'm a sinner. And so <clears throat> even if I have to violate uh, the letter of the law of you shall not bear false witness by telling my kids that they have the best picture ever. Out of love for them, um, I'm going to violate it because my concern is not the letter of the law, but love for a neighbor. Mm. And so am I still guilty of violating the law? Well, here's what the law reveals to me. I am a sinner. Mm-hmm. And I need to confess that to my Lord and find my salvation, not in keeping the law, but on account of Jesus Christ, who frees me to live the law, not as a ladder to get into heaven, but as a boundary to protect life here in this place. Mm -hmm. So is there such thing as a justifiable sin? It sounds like an oxymoron, because it is. Um, they They don't go together. Um, if if you're engaged in a justifiable sin, then it's not a sin. I seem to remember uh, some stories about a man named Jesus rescuing uh, and and healing on the Sabbath, which mm. would have been considered a sin uh, to those those six hundred some laws of the. Uh, the si- now, now you're getting ahead of me. Ah. The, the six hundred and thirteen, but yep. actually, um, it goes beyond that because the Pharisees practiced much more than the 613. They practiced all of their tradition as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm going to go out of order. Uh, the next one. Um, is that a sin? And is it justifiable? Uh, we'll have to ask Derek. Okay. Uh, is it more appropriate then to say that if a sin is not justifiable, some sin is unavoidable? If I witness a mugging, I know that there's a good chance one of them is about to have a bad day. I can intervene and kick the mugger, or I can sit back idly and allow the mugger to snatch the purse until the police show up. Either way, I caused or allowed someone to have a bad day. I don't think... Uh, um, I don't, does this it is like s- ethics 101 does it, today. Does it say, yeah, does it say anywhere that, that uh, uh, causing someone a bad day is a sin? I don't... Um, and in the book of Melissa, it, it says, <laughs> well, chapter 14, to cause Melissa to have a bad day uh, is a sin for DJ. Well, this probably isn't where the question is going, but my first thought was like retail 101 of like, don't be the hero. Uh-huh. You you don't need to step in in that situation. Yeah. Um, 
But uh, um, I also seem to remember a story about maybe a, a man who was sitting by the side of the road that had been robbed mm-hmm. and, and injured, and and this good um, Samaritan, I think, was his background, came they along. They never and said him. he was good. Where was he from? I he think was he was good. Yeah. Where was he from? I can, where was uh, he from? Moorhead. So, oh, yeah, it was Moorhead. <laughs> yep. it was Moorhead. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. It, it yeah. certainly wasn't from Sioux Falls. Oh. <laughs> now, was that a sin? Oh, yes. I don't, was it? Yep. You caused Sarah to have a bad day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling heaven. Uh, where where were we going Wasn't here? it just oh, a few the, few podcasts ago you had the the uh, the dad joke-a-meter uh, discussion? Oh, You're yeah. going to have to have a, you know, uh, insult Sarah... Ding. Yeah. Every time Ding. you well, so Sioux Falls reference. This this brings up um, another issue that's part of the Christian life, and it has to do with vocation. Um, Martin Luther spoke about this, about how to know how to best act for the sake of the neighbor in line with God's intentions for life. That happens in your vocation. When you're free in Christ and not bound by the law, but free in Christ to live the law spontaneously. This is what we call the fruits of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. It has to do with your vocation. Martin Luther said that if someone was going to kill him because of Jesus, because of his witness to Jesus, he would gladly be martyred for the faith and not raise a hand against the person who was going to do harm to him. However, if that person was going to harm his beloved, Catherine, or his children, he would fight that person to the death because of his vocation as husband and father. Mm -hmm. Because in your vocation, you are empowered to act out God's intentions for your neighbor. It has to do with your responsibility in that vocation. Mm -hmm. So if you see, as a citizen, if you see someone in danger, what is your um, ethical civil responsibility for them? Well, it's to call the police. And depending on the, your fortitude to try to scare that person away or, or get mm-hmm. that person to stop what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But it's the police, police's job in their vocation to stop crime or to, to limit crime, right? Mm-hmm. Here you're talking about vocation, not about right or wrong as if it's a, a, a clear black and white slate that's drawn because ultimately... Whatever I do, if I'm doing it faithlessly, without faith in God, then it's a sin. Mm-hmm. If I have faith in God, then I am free to best serve my neighbor based on the circumstances that are laid out. In other words, the point being that you can drive yourself mad by thinking, I could have done more good today. Mm-hmm. I could have done the law better. You will drive yourself insane because it is an impossible um, goal to reach. There's only one person who's been perfect, and his name is Jesus Christ, and we killed him for it. Right. If I'm free in Christ, then I am free to love my neighbor spontaneously and to be, um, a- as one of my teachers put it, I think Mark's teacher too, Stephen Paulson said, you know you're living out your vacation when you come home at the end of the day and you feel like you've been drained. Like you can't, can't give another drop. All the people around you just suck you dry. Mm-hmm. Well, there you know that you are... Either that or you got a bad job. <laughs> <laughs> One of those two. Well, and so what is the faithful response? Lord, 
give me a good night's sleep. Give me the strength I need to go back into the into the swing of things. Mm-hmm. Now that's not a, a black and white understanding, but it's a faith action that says God is going to be with me and help me to make the best choices that I can make. And when I mess up, he will put on my heart to confess my sin and be forgiven so that I can continue. So, and one of the main sort of criticisms I, I think that Jesus had of the Pharisees of the time was that they were so focused on those rules mm-hmm. that they missed that the basis of their faith was actually a relationship with a living God. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if I had sort of, if I went into uh, uh, my marriage and I had just a sort of a, a laundry list of rules and I tried to make my marriage work by following those rules each day, it's not going to work. Right. It's going to fail very quickly. It's a it's a relationship. You know, Christianity um, is so simple in the terms of Jesus loves me, this I know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's so deep in terms of it could take a lifetime to grow in that relationship and understand um, God's uh, will for your life and, and uh, to grow deeper in that relationship. Just as, as I love my wife very dearly, um, but I know her so much more now after so many years of being married to her yeah. um, uh, that uh, and each day it grows deeper. So I think that's just the way that that our brains work, I think sometimes is is um, but what Christianity is not I mean, that's the point I want to hammer home here. Christianity is not a system of rules, right. right. It's a relationship with a living God, and that's what that's what forms the basis for it. Yeah. So Christian ethics, although an important exercise, um, should not be confused with our salvation um, and should not be confused with, with uh, and we shouldn't get stuck in that, you know, because it can very quickly drag you down. And I, I think uh, uh, many people have sort of fallen away because they, yeah. they've tried mm-hmm. to live up to those rules. And, and uh, uh, as soon as they have a failure, it's catastrophic for them. Because they can't see any way to to redeem enough things in the good column for a massive red in the red column. Right. And I, I think one thing that's that stuck out in this uh, question was um, when he wrote, either way, I caused or allowed someone to have a bad day. I think sometimes in loving your neighbor, you're going to cause them to have a bad day. Yep. Uh, the, the Bible calls us to uh, rebuke. Our, our brothers and sisters, if we see them, um, you know, doing something that's out of line. And that's going to cause them a bad day well, in, a, in a lot of cases. You know, God caused Job to have a couple of bad days <laughs> as well in, in, in the book of Job. Uh, but out of some bad days. Uh, he had some he, bad he days. Uh, his friends sat with him and, and it was some bad days. Um, but the important bit is there that, that bad days are not necessarily... Um, uh, guaranteed to, or good days are not necessarily guaranteed for us and are not the really the goal of life. I right. think we heard in worship on Sunday, many are the afflictions of the righteous. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that, that um, sometimes a bad day will change you for the better in the long run that you don't even know about. You know, mm-hmm. so if, if uh, uh, the robber has a bad day on the day he chose to rob, uh, how will that change him in a way that in the future that we may not know? Um, Chuck Colson, great, uh, interesting story about um, a man who was involved in some uh, uh, 
some pretty nasty things during Watergate, um, and God got a hold of him and used that to form an amazing prison ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a bad day, but look at what good came out of that. Right. So, well, and again, it, it comes down to really, um, is your faith in God in the good and the bad, or is your faith in something else mm-hmm. in the midst of the good and the bad? And when we're talking about um, a checklist of right and wrong and keeping the right and, and avoiding the wrong, well, where is your faith resting at that point? It's resting in yourself. Okay. God about- gives you the word in order. God's, God's law is like a stop sign because he's concerned about you and he's concerned about your neighbor. So the law is given to say, hey, love your neighbor as yourself. And I'm going to say that to your neighbor too because I love you so much. Right? Mm-hmm. But what about a bad hair day? We haven't talked well, about that yet. That, DJ doesn't have those. Uh, that's true. I, I use liturgical <laughs> hair gel. Is that what yep. it is? <laughs> liturgical hair gel, huh? <laughs> What's the season of gray hair? I've been in that season for about 20-some years. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't mm. know. Uh, okay, moving on. Um I'll read two of them back to back. They both have to do with Are Jesus. Are we still in question one? Like question one, section, subsection four? Yeah, there's uh, there's about s- uh, seven, um, seven subsections, which I'm going to do three right in a row right now. That's fantastic. Uh, because they all have to do with, question. with Jesus and sinning. Um, and we, we sort of, or I guess you and, and Pastor Cross sort of, uh, DJ, covered this um several weeks back on whether it was possible for Jesus to sin. Yeah, he used a bunch of Latin words that he I'm still did. trying to figure out. He, he did. I, yeah, I had to. Oh, had did, to get... he, did he use the, uh, uh, is Jesus capable of sinning? Yes. Oh. Yes, if he was, would he? Right, I had to get God my Google machine yeah. up. He was yeah. speaking in tongues. It was uh, yeah. it was glorious. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Yeah. Uh, there must th- have been some extra time on some hands in some, some Latin classrooms, you know, <laughs> hundreds of years ago. Yeah. Let's come up with a phrase for this. Oh. That was that was the same episode. If our listeners want to, it's probably some somebody's PhD uh, program, right? <laughs> I need to create, finish my PhD. Well, you're going to need a thesis. <laughs> well, how about this one? What it coulda shoulda. Uh, if our listeners want to go back, I believe that was the same episode where we discussed regathering. Yes. Um, so, uh, so yeah, episode whatever. Yeah, we got we mm. we can. Uh, you have to have uh, like a time, spreadsheet time, time to stamp, keep track of your episodes. We can timestamp <laughs> uh, our trek through COVID by which episode we're on. No longer days of the week. So, all right, here we go. Did Jesus sin by casting out the merchants and money changers from the temple the week before he was tried? All four gospels state he fashioned a whip from cords, flipped their tables, and chased them out. He didn't just use polite words and ask them to kindly leave, and yet he is still considered to be 100% without sin. Use your words, Jesus. Jesus Jesus and the Pharisees. Jesus and the Pharisees had a conversation about if a sheep falls into a well on the Sabbath, do you leave it until the Sabbath passes? Is this an example where the end justifies the means, lending to the idea of justified or justifiable sin? And he also says to sell your robe and buy a sword, but he was a pacifist. So there's a lot to unpack there. Mm-hmm. You know, I heard this great let me, let me just lead off with this. I heard this great phrase the other day. 
um, talking about the the uh, clearing of the money changers. Mm-hmm. And uh, somebody was trying to say, well, you know, that was that was righteous anger uh, uh, that Jesus was doing, and and I can do that too. Mm-hmm. And the one guy said, uh, uh, when you're God, then you can master righteous <laughs> anger. Uh, you are not God, so you probably shouldn't try and dabble in righteous <laughs> anger. Yeah, stay away from that. So I uh, I agree completely. It this again goes back to how to understand what a vocation is. Mm-hmm. Um. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. This podcast brought to you by Word of the Day, Vocation. 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 Not vacation. Brought to you by the letter V. The letter V for vocation so, and the number 12. <laughs> uh, vengeance is mine, says the Lord, right? Mm-hmm. Well, who is Jesus? If you think he's just a human, then you're right. He has sinned and um, is under the same condemnation of the law that all of us are when we take uh, uh, vengeance into our own hands. Mm-hmm. Um, but if Jesus is who he claims to be, the Son of God, and even more so, God, mm-hmm. then, of course, he can do um, uh, a little bit of disciplining because that is God's domain and um, just place. And with Jesus doing that, Jesus was giving one more sign that don't you know who the, who I am? Mm-hmm. You know, um, the temple uh, is not a church. The temple is God's basically um, embassy on earth. That's how it's understood in the ancient world. And God had left the building since 587 BC. So they rebuilt the building, but God never showed up. The embassy was there, but the ambassador never came until Jesus. And he comes back and he kicks everybody out because of what they've done to the temple. Um, well, that's God's domain to do that. And so because Jesus is risen from the dead, he is justified to do the things of God because he is God. Um, I think a lot of times um, uh, people, um, I think a lot of times people forget that, mm-hmm. right? That, um, they think of Jesus as as a baby in a manger and forget that that he's God, <laughs> he's he's a king. Or or you'll get confusion between uh, the Old Testament um, stories of God's wrath and New Testament. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I hear this from time to time too. People will say, "Oh well, you know that was the God of the Old Testament that that had wrath and and Jesus, um, you know, he's cuddly." Mm-hmm. How gnostic of you! Yeah. Yes. Yeah, uh, God, uh, he didn't tell Noah. That guy is a heretic way early on in the church for uh, hating the God of the Old Testament. He's bad. And liking the God of the New Testament, he's good. Yeah, he didn't really go to Noah and say, I'm going to sit these guys down politely one more time. (laughs) Uh, But then I'm going to, yeah. So, and, and, you know, I mean, and and again, what, what, what is sin? It's not trusting God to be God. If you're God, can you trust God not to be God? It's almost a, our brains can't handle the logic of that. So everything that Jesus did was without sin because Jesus is the Son of God. Mm-hmm. Everything he does is according to God's will, even going to the cross and dying on the cross. The uh, whole raising from the dead thing is 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 a big the, clue. Kind of the proof. It's kind uh, of a big clue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. If Jesus did not raise from the dead, then the argument would stand. That mm-hmm. no, he's he's just a sinner like everybody else. But he rose from the dead. So 
And that would be an interesting thing. I understand you're working on a possible sermon series for this fall. Um, we we are that, that uh, might dive scheming. into this. We are scheming. Yes, I'm I'm advocating for this as well. <laughs> I like it as well. Scheming with you. <laughs> Nobody um, tells me anything. <laughs> I haven't heard anything about this yet. Haven't you? Nope. Well, you'll find out yeah, this fall. We want to make we want to make some bold claims <laughs> for September the evidence 12th. of Jesus. <laughs> uh, another part of this. Um, he also says to sell your robe and buy a sword, but he was a pacifist. Well, now why is he a pacifist? Well, he's not. He's he's the prince of peace, mm-hmm. but he's also the lion of Judah. Mm-hmm. So why why the assumption that he's a pacifist? I've heard <laughs> that before, and I've never quite understood. Well, it. I, I think I think um, I think people sometimes again this goes back to um, the way our brains think. In an earthly sense, um, I've heard uh, Jesus was a conservative. Jesus was a liberal. Jesus was a libertarian. Here, you know, Jesus is a pacifist. I think, uh, based on what we understand, Jesus was a Sagittarius. I can tell you that uh, <laughs> he was born December twenty fifth. But aside from the other that, I don't, I don't oh, know. Oh, that's another podcast episode, isn't that? <laughs> Let's dive into the uh, into that sometime. Astrological <laughs> signs of Jesus. Um, I I think our I think we you know that's the way we we think about things. Uh, you know we want to put Jesus in a box. Yeah, and we want to put a label on him that helps us to sort of grasp him. But he def- he re- he never fits into any of the boxes that we want. In fact, he resists that. And um, you know I I don't think. I think if Jesus came back today, um, he would be neither conservative nor liberal. He would neither be a pacifist nor a war person. I mean, he's God, and um, and those those labels just don't seem to to fit. Mm-hmm. I, I think, um, yeah, and and it's again because Jesus is fully human as well. It's very easy for us to be like, well, all however Jesus acts, that's the way I should act. And he was obviously a pacifist, and we we end up making Jesus just like we often do with God, into our own image mm-hmm. rather than seeking to be the image of God that we're called to be. And the rules just don't apply to Jesus that way. If if you confess that Jesus is Lord, that he is God, understand that every word in Scripture, Old Testament and New Testament, it's Jesus. So the flood, Jesus caused the flood. Um. It's like how you, how you should approach a children's sermon. Uh, <laughs> the answer is Jesus. The answer is Jesus. <laughs> God and stuff. The, the, the ten plagues and, and the closing of the Red Sea and um, the wars that were carried out, well, Jesus being God, that's all him too. This is, this is If you understand that Jesus is the word of God and that all of the words in the Old Testament and the New Testament are associated with Jesus and you understand this neat little phrase— uh, communicatio idiomatum, the communication of attributes, then you cannot separate the God of the Old Testament from the God of the New Testament. Jesus is God revealed. The God that's hidden in the Old Testament is revealed in the person of Jesus Christ, and it's how he truly wants to be known. When God seems wrathful, that's God's hidden or alien work, and it's to drive us to see him where he wants to be known. I don't know why God allowed you know, people to die, uh, to this day, but in Scripture, some of the, the, the wars that happened, the flood. Jesus is connected with all of that, 
And all of that points to Jesus. So to say that Jesus is a pacifist is, is to kind of miss the point of who Jesus actually is. He's mm-hmm. not a pacifist, and he's also not a, what would be the opposite of a pacifist? A Aggressivist. <laughs> <laughs> it's neither of those things. Jesus is, is God. You know, it's interesting, though, because you, you can point to uh, several things in the gospel. There's, there's the go get some swords. I have two. Well, that'll be enough. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we're far removed. We're 2,000 years removed from that context where maybe that would have been obvious back then. Uh, what about Jesus and, in Revelation? It's Jesus who's speaking. Yep. And he speaks the word, and all of the enemies are wiped out. Yep. Yep. And then there's the turn the other cheek piece. So, you know, it can be confusing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you have to, at some point, um, say, uh, you are God. So, and, so and be I it, may, Lord. And I may not understand every detail, uh, but I'm going to take some of those things on faith. Yeah, mm-hmm. so. yeah. yeah I, I, you know, I think that the balancing of those things is to say that God's intention for life is you shall not murder. And yet, because there is evil in the world, he empowers people into roles in which they are called to limit and um, stop evil and sin. And that's the same with Jesus, too. When I think of the, the, you know, pick up a sword, well, there you have Jesus speaking to um, the importance of life and the protection of life. But he didn't make it into a gigantic militant, we're going to overthrow the Romans, but rather about... um, individual safety and warning them there's going to be dangers ahead. Do you see the distinction? Um, it's not like, you know, it, it reminds me a bit of like the Second Amendment. You have the right to bear arms. Um, is it reasonable to say that we should all get nu- nuclear weapons? Probably not. But not, not even practical. <laughs> or, or practical. But the idea that you have a right to, to own a weapon is not because you want to use that in an in a, um, aggressive manner, but it's tied into that you have a right to live and a right to defend your, your life mm-hmm. because life is precious. And that, that seems to come across with Jesus too. Life is precious. And the world is an evil place and that he's come to do something about it. So. Well, there's, there's one last piece here. Um, it says... Should I just forget this entire conversation? Well, it's too late now, Derek. (laughs) Because in the end, I know that by believing in Jesus Christ and accepting and claiming him as my Lord and Savior, my sins are already forgiven. Hallelujah. Bingo. Got it. Yeah. But it's the beginning. Yeah. It's not the end. You know, that, that declaration is the beginning of a journey. It's the beginning of a relationship that's built where you'll struggle with with questions like this, how should I live my life? How should I serve my neighbor? You know, what are the best things I can do? And it, that that won't end until we see him face to face. You you bring up a great point because we don't have the Ten Commandments that lords over us. You're now free. And it's much more difficult to be free than to follow a set of rules. Because with freedom comes uh, the responsibility to love those around you and to begin to begin to live a selfless life rather than a selfish life. And to be transformed by that faith and that relationship. Yeah, um, yeah you know, uh, I've been asked before by uh, someone that I won't point out their name to just 
just lay down the rules for me on, on what you want me to do. I want you to have an internal sense of what's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And that relationship and, and that struggle is what builds that character in us um, that starts to show the love of God to one another. Yeah. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's it. That is the... That was deep. I was. thought we were going to talk about Star Wars again. I was, <laughs> no. Hey, Mark, Bam-boozled. come back in. Oh, okay. Bamboozled. <laughs> I think no. it's important to note that I, I, I don't just come in on the episodes where we talk about dad jokes and yeah. uh, and Star Wars. No. So that, that was just... Although you probably wish you could just come I, in on that. I wish so, but I, I think it's good that people see the deep side of me, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Those, Still those, waters and yeah. all of that. <laughs> those two episodes were just the hook. Oh, yeah. that, that was the hook. Yeah. Yep. You were like, oh, come yeah. on in. Oh, absolutely. This would be a good time. Oh, that was easy. Did yeah. Jesus sin? <laughs> oh, man. Oh. <laughs> Throw you into the deep end. Yep. <laughs> easy. So it was, a, it was a bait and switch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So. Hold on. Well, haven't, thank goodness. I, I, hold on. I haven't used Thank this goodness. Yes. <laughs> Thank goodness that DJ was here to to bring up some Latin, though. I think that it wouldn't have been a complete episode it without would feel some like theological. Pastor Cross, Pastor Cross will be proud. Theological <laughs> Latin. Something would feel like it's missing when we were done if we didn't bring up some Latin. In school, uh, I thought, why are we saying this in Latin? Let's just say it in English. <laughs> we all speak English. <laughs> so much easier. Yes. But it's fun to say communicatio. Ah. Uh, uh, it's more fun than saying communication, I think. Mm-hmm. Communicatio. I'm going to change Idiomon. my title on the website now. To Director, Director of, of Communicatio. Yeah. communicatio. Yeah, I, like I like it. Yes. Roll with that. It's got some gravitas it to it. Yeah. <laughs> it almost sounds like a, 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 a Ray Brown novel. Or oh, well, I was thinking it goes from... No, what's the guy's... Uh, the the uh, Da Vinci Code da guy? Da Vinci Code guy. Yeah. Oh, is that the right name? Dan uh, Brown. Dan Brown. Dan Brown. Dan Brown. I was yep. thinking it would change it more from, wait, what do you do to, oh, what do you do? Ah, <laughs> this, sounds, of, this sounds interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's always good uh, to, to make up a new word for your yeah. title, too. Like mm-hmm. I heard one the other day where you combine digital and and elite to a gi- digitare or something Ooh. like that, right? So Yeah. Now you're just making up words. Hey, <laughs> all words are made up. Yep. <laughs> I, I, I run my life by this. All words are made up. I'm just ahead of the curve, and I'm going to make up some of my own. And someday, this is a, someday it'll be, where did this originate? It originated from this Norwegian guy, a ah. uh, guy of Norwegian descent that living in Moorhead, Minnesota. So. Aggressivist. Yes. You'll have, your own aggressivist. Wiki- you'll have your own Wikipedia page. I'm going to start that right now, <laughs> where I will keep all of my, my tidbits there. <laughs> Oh, this is good. will be the first entry. <laughs> this was fun. So we covered the questions. I think we've covered an hour as well. In so I, I believe this is my seconds. my third episode. I, I'm just keeping track now. So yeah, Paul and I have a bit of a contest going Ooh, on. And, you know, you've got some ground to cover. I I understand that. So so we'll, we'll have to. We'll keep t- coming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so. Have your people talk to to our people. Ah, uh, yes. I will be quite aggressive about it. <laughs> Who's our people? Sarah's our oh, people. Okay. Oh, right. yeah, Sarah's yeah. our people. I'm just here to press buttons. I, I know where line. she sits. <laughs> yep. Oh, Mark, you want to pray us out of here? I'd love to. Uh, Heavenly Father, what a gift um, that you have given that 
um, our faith can be built upon trusting in you and loving you and not uh, our own effort and our own um, strivings. And Lord, even though we'd like to fall back to that, we rest completely in your hands, trusting in your mercies, trusting in your grace that will give us a freedom, a freedom to trust you, to grow into that relationship and to love one another in a way that um, will cause us joy beyond belief. So as we struggle through that in this current life, and as we look forward to the life to come where we will see you face to face, where all questions will be answered. We thank you for all these. I pray for our friend Derek um, and these deep questions that he asks. And I'm, I would guess he's not the only one that struggles with those questions. So hopefully this conversation has been helpful for them today. I thank you for these friends and for this medium, this podcast. And we pray now for everybody listening that they too may know your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. Uh, Thank you, Sarah and DJ. Uh, And thank you all for listening. Uh, Thanks for joining us today. Don't forget, if you are looking for a a service on Sunday, um, if you can't get out, you need a a place to go, uh, you can find us at atonement.live, atonementfargo.org, or on YouTube. Uh, We have a traditional service at 9 a.m. Sunday morning and a modern service at 1030. Um, And all of our past worship services are available on the YouTube by searching Atonement Fargo. So for Pastor DJ Lura, Sarah DeYoung, and Mark Soljum, I am Ryan Janke. Join us back here next week for another episode of That Podcast.